as tragic as the Buffalo massacre was, we're seeing tragedies unfold all along our streets, specifically right here in New York City. On the line with us right now, we have former NYPD Commissioner Bill Bratton. Commissioner, once again, we saw another child, an 11-year-old girl in the Bronx, lose her life tragically during a shootout, shot in the stomach. What's it going to take for our leaders to wake up and realize that these regressive policies are killing the very people they are claiming to protect? I wish I had an answer for that, but I don't, because uh, as recently as yesterday, when Eric Adams was up in Albany, they were tone deaf to uh, uh, the pleas that he's been making for assistance to change the laws that have created this. As you well know in this show, uh, this uh, crime wave that we're experiencing was created by the politicians in Albany. Uh, it was uh, uh, impacted certainly by uh, coronavirus when it shut down the courts, but it's crime wave was occurring a year before coronavirus began to have impact. Uh, the only way we're going to get out of it is for the politicians in Albany to effectively reform their reforms. And so far, uh, they've been tone deaf uh, to the carnage on our streets. That incident involving that 11-year-old girl, it had many elements that are impacting on the city. He had two knuckleheads riding on an unlicensed moped we see hundreds of them throughout the city on sidewalks, going the wrong way, on streets. It's a sign of the total uh, uh, lack of obedience to the laws that the rest of us are expected to uh, conform to. So you have these two knuckleheads riding on a sidewalk, attempting to assassinate several other young men. In the meantime, <coughs> killing this poor innocent girl. It's, it's the disorder that's out of control, uh, where nothing happens to the disorder. When you don't control disorder, you end up with the killings of 11-year-old girls on the streets of New York in broad daylight. Commissioner, these people in Albany, uh, Hasty, who I've met, and he seems like a very decent person, and cousins I've never met from the state senate, don't they realize what the heck is going on? Uh, I wish I had an answer to that, uh, John. That, uh, it's, again, it's their constituency black and the brown uh, uh, people in this city that are being murdered, are being shot, are being raped. Uh, uh, it's uh, impacting uh, the, the white community, not in a significant way other than the fear that it's spreading, but it is uh, impacting their communities. And uh, those communities suffer enough. You've just been talking about the milk crisis, the gas crises, the cost of living crises. And on top of that, they have the impact of the, uh, uh, the crime crisis that's basically impacting on the quality of life. You talked about our supermarkets closing, drugstores closing, that they have to travel miles uh, on public transportation to uh, try and get food, to get prescriptions, and at the same time put themselves at great risk for random shootings on the streets. Along now, those lines, Commissioner Vito, Vito Fasella, there was a report out last week about the arrests, about, I think it was about 4,456 4, arrests for illegal firearms possessions. And how many are still open cases? Almost 2,000, about 44% are open cases. That means they were arrested, still released on the streets. Uh, how many pled down? I think of those 4,400-plus, one went to trial with conviction, three were acquitted. Can you give the folks a little flavor of what all that means? Well, you had John Miller, Deputy Commissioner, on your show last week, and John uh, was very eloquent describing uh, this situation, the number of people arrested for gun-related crimes and the number of trials that were held in the city of New York last year, which I think was like 12. Uh, so the reality is that most of these gun cases end up being pled down, meaning 
that they plead to lesser charges so the district attorneys can just literally get them off their uh, books. And as a result, we have these characters roaming around for months, if not years, waiting to plea bargain, not even go to trial, plea bargain. And when they plea bargain, they oftentimes plead to a lesser charge than what they should be facing. So when they're arrested again, and a significant number of them are arrested again, very shortly thereafter, their records don't show the serious crime from the last time. They show the plea bargain crime. So we have created this vicious cycle where we have a court system that doesn't function, district attorneys that are forced to basically plea bargain, and police that are rearresting these people over and over and over again. When you think of the difficulty or the chances of actually arresting somebody for a crime, uh, they are relatively small, the success rate of arresting people for crime. So the vast majority of these people are committing many crimes that they never get arrested for on top of those ones that they do get arrested for. So uh, take the reported crime rate and multiply it. You have the actual amount of crimes occurring in this city and in this country. And Bill, it's getting worse. Bill, it's Tony Carbonetti. I, I say all the time when you were first police commissioner and the district attorneys were actually enforcing the gun laws as your police department arrested people, they were going to jail for up to a year at a time. Uh, now, like you just said, everything gets pleaded out. And no one has a fear to carry their gun. Just keep That's taking correct. your gun outside. And a lot of them are carrying guns because there's so much violence that uh, they, they are actually carrying them for self-defense to try and protect themselves. So we have that compounding problem. And then in the midst of all this, we have the insanity of closing Rikers and the new jails that they want to build are only going to be able to house about 4,000 people, if that many. Uh, and when we have an average population right now with a growing crime problem of six or 7,000 at Rikers, so there's not going to be a place to put these characters in about four or five years when they finally get these new jails built. No, the, uh, the insanity, it's just, it, it drives you crazy. And the, the, the irony of this is to be fixed so easily. Punish people for the offenses they commit. In other words, basically go back to the system that we had before. And this idea of the uh, mass incarceration, uh, I'm sorry, 80% of the people doing time up in uh, state prison in our state prisons in this state, are there for violent crime. There is nobody serving time on Rikers Island for fair evasion. Nobody. They're there because of multiple offenses. A significant number of them out there for domestic violence. And one of the reasons they want to have local jails is so the families can visit them in jail. Well, they want the family visiting the guy that just beat the hell out of them. So that's the, that's the insanity of the systems that we have. And, and no, Commissioner, it's uh, Judge Richard Warmberg, and the problem is you can't give the services that you need in the local communities, the mental health, the drug addiction, you need the medical attention, the dental care. You have to have a centralized place where you can give all the services. And who wants these people in stable communities because you destabilize and you threaten the safety of the people in those communities? Rikers should survive. It should be cleaned up and it should be used effectively. Well, unfortunately, I think that uh, boat has sailed. If I understand it, by law, they're going to have to close it by 2027. And in the meantime, uh, they started building at least one of the new jails, uh, two of them, uh, Queen Q Gardens, I think it is. Uh, and anybody that works in the prison system will tell you that high-rise jails are the most inefficient, ineffective, and most costly. And what are we building in New York? The most inefficient, ineffective, and most costly jails in America. In, in, in your local neighborhood, uh, Commissioner. In your local neighborhood, uh, they, they basically, uh, not as if they don't have enough crime, you're going to bring more crime to the neighborhood. Thank you.
Commissioner Bratton, thank you for everything you've done for our community and continue to speak out for our community. And and uh, we'll talk to you again real soon. Just wish I had more solutions, John. Thank you, Commissioner. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.